Right, good morning everyone. Um, it's Heidi here again, joined with Stuart. G'day, um, g'day. Just the two of us, isn't it? Our, um, our friend yeah. Ian is, I don't know whether we, <laughs> we moan about him for slacking or we're just really honest that he's, he is genuinely really busy and probably does more work. Yeah, <laughs> well I think what we may need to do is pay him out while he's not here and when yeah. he's here we'll be church mice and just be yeah. very polite. So yeah. Ian, get, get your ass into gear and get on these podcasts. <laughs> We've got loads of questions to ask you. Well, we not can say what, we, say what we like because if he is that busy, he won't be watching it, won't he? he won't have time. <laughs> is that the one or two that's, uh, that's clicking in late at night? Maybe. Yeah. yeah. Oh gosh. Yeah, um, right, guys. So today we're going to talk about, and um, we're going to go clinical today. Um, so we've, we've sort of done enough on materials and the dry stuff. So oh, yeah. we're going to look at good old plantar fasciitis or plantar fasciosis. If we're going to be specific mm-hmm. about whether there's an inflammation or not. Ah, what just just on that yeah. for the for the non um, podiatric practitioners out there that tune mm-hmm. in, the, the innate difference between fasciitis and osis. It's always a good. Mm-hmm. Uh, what would you say it is, Heidi? Um, I would say, and I, when I first learned, it was, you know, all the things you do for plantar fasciitis, stick ice mm. on it and inflammation. Mm. Um, but there's a really good paper, and which I can't remember who wrote uh, we'll, it. We'll, we'll post it up on <laughs> we there when we remember it. it. <laughs> what they did, they looked at, uh, I think it was cadavers, and they found that, the, that often it's a degenerative change that goes on uh-huh. within plantar fascia, and that isn't always an inflammation. So sometimes there is, That's right. sometimes there isn't, so you don't uh-huh. know. And I thought that was a, another light bulb moment for me if you like because I thought well that that makes sense because sometimes I've done the old ice therapy it works brilliantly yeah. other times not at all and I've yeah. got no I've, I've never known why uh-huh. so, right so well that you, I mean that that's a good challenge for my hmm. brain in a sense because what quickly comes to mind is itis is a is an itis like any kind of itis itis means it's an it, inflammation doesn't that's it? right yeah. and otis is uh, well in my brain it's long term um, whether the inflammation has gone away and yeah. it's more of a chronic nature, but it's not. It's, yeah. it's kind of, it's it's an irritation without the itis. Itis, yeah. Hmm. So it's Very a bit more general. So I guess unless we specifically know there's an inflammation, if we're going to be correct with our diagnosis. That's right. What we call it. Plantifasciosis. Um with a question mark. That's what yes. I love to do on my clinical notes. Question mark, because yeah. how do we know? We know. We don't, do we? We assume. We assume. Mm, so, uh, very good. Um, and I think the other thing I was just going to say before we, we delve into what, what we do orthotic wise um, is plantar fasciitis. And again, there's a lot of evidence for this, but it's hugely overdiagnosed. And it's, mm. it's not just by podiatrists um, and clinicians, mm. by doctors as well. You know, a patient yeah. comes in, they've only got five minutes, they've got heel pain. I think one of the best referrals I've had from a doctor once was plantar fasciitis on the dorsum of the foot. But the thing is, I think, and, and it's not helped by patients going on um, on Google and diagnosing themselves before they no. come to see you, is it? Because they put in heel pain, they get plantar fasciitis, and they come into you and they say, hey, I've got plantar fasciitis. Sounds flash, well, doesn't it? Yeah, and it's, you know, there's a whole host of stuff. You've got to be aware of your differential diagnosis. Mm. Well, the thing is, isn't it, that the plantar fasciitis itis or osis is a valid diagnosis. Yes. Um, it's one of many, 
I guess. Mm-hmm. And that's where we kind of pod nerds, put nerds, go in and say, well, what, where is it? What, what is mm. <laughs> Yeah. And yeah. I think that's where an, an innate knowledge of neuroanatomy comes in because it, yes. it's not just the plantar fascia under there. You've got layers, you've got skin, you've got fat pads, mm-hmm. you've got you've got nerves, haven't you? Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. yeah, and like, like we all know, it's more often more than one uh, soft tissue or, or you know, um, soft tissue or hard tissue involved. Sometimes yes. there's a hard tissue involving mm. the soft tissue, the loads. Yeah. 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 In fact, I think that might make another podcast, actually. I reckon we could probably talk for 30 or 40 minutes <laughs> about heel pain differential diagnosis, couldn't we? That, well, that let us know out there. If, if yeah. anyone's out there and they want us to have a bit, bit more of a research on, on mm. those types, that's a good idea. Well, I think we'll do them anyway because we, we both – I'd do it as a Ah, for sure, for sure. Yeah, yeah. so – um. If patient comes into the clinic, uh, mm-hmm. they've said they've got plantar fasciitis, what's the first thing to do? Um, just refer them to you, Stuart. <laughs> <laughs> no refer them to and I charge the $1 million. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, that's right. You know, in, in this day and age, it, they've probably come pre-armed, like you said, with a load of information about what's wrong with them. Yeah. Um, and they've probably done that in, in exhaustion for about 10 minutes, um, <laughs> trying to work it out and then spend the next six months trying to swap their footwear or put little pads and everything else in there. And then they've become Nothing's fatigued worked, at that. That's why they've finally decided they, they're happy to come and pay someone. <laughs> yeah, to, they've to bitten, a, yeah. bitten the bullet to pay a professional to have a look at yeah. it. Yeah, okay. So, so professionally, I mean, yeah. I think to me the important thing is ascertaining what biological forces, what's going on, with the structures in your foot, what's happening with the stress, what's happening with the strain. So what is behind that diagnosis? So, okay, we've, we've done all the tests and we've, we're pretty sure it's plantar fasciosis, plantar fasciitis, mm-hmm. but, but why is that occurring? What's happening in yeah. that particular patient? Because one of the things I found, I mean, when I worked for the NHS, it was patient, patient, patient. You had sort of 20 minutes, yeah. half an hour, you're getting through them. And heel pain was by far, heel pain and HAV was sure. by far the most common thing. But I could very easily see 10 patients over the course of I don't know, morning or an afternoon they'd all come in with heel pain and you know plantar fasciitis whatever but there'd be 10 different reasons why each of them had that and yeah. then I'd end up doing 10 different treatment programs yeah. so it's all the same diagnosis but each mm. patient had a different reason why they were getting the problem be it that's right know, and that's, the, that's the key part of what we do as I guess foot health professionals is um, follow that systematic way of reviewing what we're subjectively seeing and then objectively seeing and then how that all mixes in what we know in our our education and training Um, Mm. and you're right heel pain like for like I've I've seen more heel pain as a percentage of the clinic than I've seen anything else I think it's probably a good driver to get people into the clinic but there's yeah, a great yes. opportunity for us to say, well, yes, you've got heel pain today, but mm-hmm. what about, you know, these yeah. other things that may go on? And, and that's kind of a long bow to draw. Mm-hmm. Um, but it is, to your point, when we're looking at, our, in my speak, I call it the mechanism of injury, the yes. Maui. Yeah. Um, there's a good Maui that you can drink, you know. Yeah, wine, I, I, but... yeah, it's not wine, it's champagne. <laughs> I'll be going. You're Australian. Don't drink out of this champagne stuff. Oh, Sparkling. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
yeah, so it, again, in, in a simple sense to attach it to something mm -hmm. that extends your brain to, oh, okay, there's loads that can go on there. Mm -hmm. What is the mechanism of injury or injuries yeah. that you're seeing in the clinical sense mm -hmm. that you can test there and then and you've heard from a history of what the patient's done and, to be honest, what they want to do. Yes, you know? yeah. One of the key things that I always see, and it's probably, uh, maybe it's a skewed data set that I've looked at for people that have come to see me from industry, mm -hmm. but it's hard floors. Yes. Um, yes. Concrete, you know, the concrete mm -hmm. jungle, as it were. Yeah. Um, and I, I struggle in the modern cities, in the modern world, I try and think of the amount of, or the percentage of time that my feet aren't on a concrete surface. Um thing is it's so easy isn't it to say oh don't do this and don't do that and yeah, if, exactly. if you get it when you're running then try cycling but what what do you do with somebody that works on hard floors you, you can't say that's to right. them not go and get another job that's right you've got to work with it haven't you it's and the key key there is it's not the hard floor that's the problem hmm. it's the mechanism that your foot and your your brain causes that foot to do that's yes. reoccurring this injury isis or osis so however the symptom portrays yeah. so when we say plantar fasciitis, that's mm. the symptom. Plantar yeah. fasciosis is the symptom. Yeah. The the kind of cause of it is the mechanism, what's mm. causing it. And then that, and an attributor might be the hard surface. So yeah. straight away there, we've, we've kind of teased out what parts to focus on. Yeah. And I always, when people come to me in the clinic, the first thing they do with a sore heel is stick it in your, in your face. <laughs> and say, so I've got a sore heel. And sit down and point at their heel and tell you how sore it's been for the last two years yeah. and you're like okay and one of the things i've learned to do is say here's this blank wall i hear you i'll stick it on that wall let's stick that you know that's good information i haven't yeah. forgotten it but let's move on from that because i'm trying to work out <laughs> what's going on yeah, but my heel sore. can't get too much information from them because also the more they talk and then they suddenly remember mm. actually oh they had this injury or they did that and they they think that's not important because it, it's not directly yeah, exactly. yeah. not in their heel but they oh you know i broke my you know, yeah, 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 exactly. Pertinent um, information. So sitting there and listening. And I mean, look, I've had sore heels and I'm the worst. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you should know. <laughs> and I should know better. Yeah. Okay, so clinically, I, I guess, you know, we're not going to reinvent the wheel. There's plenty of other uh, podcasts out there that will talk um, about heel pain and the mechanism mm -hmm. of injury, uh, injuries. Uh, mm -hmm. the forces that are go on forces are really quite interesting because it then starts in my brain to push into the design of a device or the materials that you're going to select yeah. um yeah. so it, it, for example if i know someone's working on a factory floor uh, the prime example is making a podiatrist's orthotics mm. um, and that person comes to me and they're, they're stationary for many hours of the day I know that they're on hard surface. There's probably a, a reduced blood flow to their um, non or the, the, the tissues that don't get a good blood flow anyway. So it's a static position. It's a hard surface. Um, the types of shoes that I will look at that will be best for them may not be the ones that are the best for walking. Okay? No, it just so no. happens that they may be. But um, we, we start to think about, well, what is it that's causing this pain and why? And is it an overuse? And what can I do to help it? And then design whole therapy shoes and orthotics and exercises to suit the need that the patient has come in to reduce the heel pain quickly. 
uh, in essence. Uh, so Heidi, what do you think about uh, hoverboards as a valid option to uh, for a treatment plan? Why do you plan? say that? Because <laughs> funny you should say that because I've I've got a school mum friend at school and she's bought her boy one for Christmas. Uh-huh. But actually oh. it's, it's a bit of a ploy because actually her and her husband want to use it. Right. But do you know what she said? She said the, the irony is we'll probably end up in casualty on Christmas Day. She said we'll be out <laughs> <laughs> going up the road on it. We'll probably fall off. And, With a pole somewhere um, it shouldn't be. <laughs> yeah yes. well, i mean so, but that's the classic that i've heard in from many a patient you know or advice given to patients is oh just stop using you know just just lay off your feet rest more and and funnily enough rest is one of the uh the treatment options that you've got clinically mm. how do you rest a foot when you're walking on it um uh, yeah and my answer is the, the only real way is to have some kind of orthoses and orthoses mm. in our worlds mean anything that can be attached to the legs or arms but some form of immobilization so uh, again thinking clinically the options that you've got available to you for a soft tissue injury a soft tissue injury if you again differentiate differentially diagnose and test mm. if we can't have an x-ray or an ultrasound and make sure it's not a bony problem which is directed from your history taking essentially mm -hmm. oh I, I fell off a ladder or i jumped off a ladder and now i've got a sore heel mm. yeah <laughs> we better check that out whereas i've been you know increasing my walking because i'm not at work and i'm sitting at home in covid time and now i've got a sore heel it's kind mm -hmm. of a bit more mm, well there's not an acute problem there it's less likely to be an assault to anything unless it doesn't work of course then you've got mm -hmm. to go back yeah. a step but my clinical thinking for me is you've got what four options really to treat the soft tissue injury if you suspect that's what this heel injury is you, the first thing you want to do is immobilize it let's immobilize everything let's try and stop the injury whatever it is um, and that's your strapping bracing you know everything that comes in a medical sense crutches the whole lot but wouldn't, wouldn't you find that's more the case if it's an acute injury that's right that's and right how how many patients honestly have come to see you and they've only just done it <laughs> well that's very true i had very good relationships with with gps and still do um english speaking as well as swedish but i guess it's you know when these things come in the the, mm. the first point of call is the practitioner and then if they're confident in you as a podiatrist they'll refer to you straight yeah. away get to them they may even do the the x-rays or ultrasounds for you before they get there go for this yeah. ultrasound and come to the practitioner they know what they're doing but you're right exactly right if it's a chronic issue but again if it's chronic i'm thinking immobilization well what can i do to stop that chronic injury occurring yeah, get it, get it nice. test test the thinking strapping is the one that i kind of mm -hmm. go to for the first two or three days and see them in a couple of days like but again and again and i'm gonna play devil's advocate here yeah. that, that depends on your patient doesn't it because if you, exactly right. you've got a 70 80 year old yeah and they can't reach to get their socks on no they're not going to be yeah. and you're right and, and vascular yeah mm -hmm. have vascular problems you don't really want to be putting tape no on no no you don't. Skin. exactly right so i guess you know first port of thought is what can i do to stop it mm -hmm. and then other thinking is what passive therapies and passive i mean what things can you or the patient do that are and mm -hmm. um they can apply and ice yeah. You know, in the clinic, I've used dry needling and it's worked for some and not worked for others. Yeah, yeah. Uh, all your pharmacological options, if you want to go that way, 
Uh, I tend to try everything else before pharmacology because it's really just masking the issue. Yeah. Um, mobilization, electrotherapy, the whole lot. You know, they're the adjunct type of therapies that you can go you've, to. You've also got your high loading as well, haven't you? There's a lot of evidence for that for the Achilles right. tendon. And exactly more right. And more clinicians are, are, are trying that as a, yeah. as a way of strengthening with the plantar fascia. But again, that's... In the right in the right treatment. In, and, that, and that's right. Yeah. And that high loading kind of goes then into the, the third one that I was thinking, which is active therapies. So, uh, you know, we've got immobilization, passive, active. And then the reason I'm talking in this world is because in my brain, um, load management is is long term, but load management yeah. is where we kind of consider orthoses and the role of orthoses mm -hmm. in footwear and their life. Um, and that's probably what we're going to, well, when we have time to talk about it, but we'll talk about <laughs> it today. Um, so, so someone comes in and you're confident that they've got a heel pain we'll call it plantar fasciitis but we could call it you know yeah. medial calcaneal nerve entrapment we could call it mm. blah 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 blah. yeah but you've got a condition you understand the mechanism what would you say Heidi just to run down quickly for a typical run-of-the-mill plantar fascial what's the typical me mechanism of injury that you may see in in a bone <laughs> structure I think what you're on about the polyp, so it is plantar fascia, we're not. Yeah, let's say, just for simple simple discussion, I guess. Um, I mean, for me, and I don't know if it's the area that I've worked in, but it's, it's generally speaking, 90% of the time, they've got a tight um, gastrocelaeus complex going on at uh -huh. the back. Yeah, um, yeah. And I think it's always important to address that as well. Mm -hmm. Because the trouble is, if you if you start hammering in and trying to loosen up the windless and straighten up the mm. foot and uh, mm. so I'm being quite crude with my descriptions here but you mm. think anti-pronatory advice mm -hmm. you know drop the first get the windless working mm. but if you haven't addressed the tight calves mm -hmm. then sometimes I think what I found is that the foot will tend to pronate as a way to get around because That's right. the body can't move over the foot because you've got the tight calves pathway so of least it, resistance yeah yeah so the plantar fasciitis has almost come as a secondary mm. injury because of that and that's classic when you get them i i get them to do mm. the exercises first and show me mm. and then correct any problems but yeah. you you know two weeks later mm. and you get them to do it again without even showing them and they're not doing it mm. nine times right. out of ten not, not, or they're bouncing up and down for 10 seconds aren't they but yeah that's right but what i have found in the and again i go back to my early days is i thought oh yeah the foot's excessively pronating and you yeah. know the um Hubsha's test blah blah blah, blah. Yeah. so I've, I've stuck an orthotic in and the foot looks in a good position and i think i've loosened up the plantar fascia and i've done all this so then the yeah, Hubsha's yeah. or the jacks test is improved but then actually they come back and the plant the heel pain might not be so bad but then they've got this excruciating midfoot pain because mm. you still haven't addressed the fact that the ankle yeah. joint can't so the body can't move over the foot and That's basically right. you've blocked its pathway by stopping that pronation mm. and That's then right. you know that comes back to your assessment doesn't it yeah uh, that's right, um, and the drive. And uh, word of warning: you you're probably not going to find these things in isolation. No, um, you know you might have a, a pronatory zone or region that mm. you're not happy with, but it might mm. be natural for that patient. But yeah, yeah. it's not not getting enough movement there, and so sub mm. or sub whatever that word is sequentially. Stick with short words. Exactly. The next step, <laughs> yeah, yeah, is that the muscle over time has shortened up to try and take yeah. take over that role. So, mm. yeah, I mean, this is why we we're in the field that we're in because it's, it's super complicated for every person mm. that comes in. The the so what would what would you say the first port of call for 
orthotic therapy, say you've chosen to do that and it's valid for whatever reason, for that uh, soleal complex, gastrocellular tightness. What's a simple thing that you can do in orthotic therapy? Well, more than that I, even suppose you, I mean, you could, you could stick a heel raise on first and that's foremost, right. wouldn't you? but you wouldn't yeah. want to, I mean, that's not a permanent thing. Or for no. me, it would be unlikely to be a permanent, unless they've got a, a bony blockage in the ankle joint. Exactly never right. Stretch that for whatever reason. And the only real um, way you're going to find a bony mm, blockage is again, mm from an x-ray for the an x-ray yeah, for the investigation lot. but i mean heel raises certainly and again be careful i mean i don't know what you would say but i would always do them bilaterally even oh, if the pain yeah, yeah, one sure. foot otherwise they for come sure. back and hips out, yeah. out the backs out oh, you know sure. totally as i said i always put it in in both sides and yes i may mm. play around for comfort but yeah. unless you've got a, a prevailing mm. diagnosis of a mm. longer or shorter to an exact mm. millimeter i'd mm. always put them in bilaterally and, and then see what symptoms dictate because yeah. long long term, and we know this, you know, mm. how long ago did you have that hill raising? Oh, I forgot it was in there. Yes, I didn't. Yeah. I didn't get to go back and see them, so I, I just didn't get there. And, and this it, this is where patient education and and also not so much educating them, but making sure they oops, they, do, they understand. Yeah, 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 and that that lines in with your business process yeah. of what you invest in to try and keep these these lovely patients coming back. Um, it, it's not just because you want to generate a business income; it's because it's good health. Yeah. Uh, come back, see me. I want to make sure that this is going on. And the best, most for me, mm -hmm. the, the most effective consults are the ones where there's nothing wrong because <laughs> yeah. the, the pain's gone, everything's gone. And you're like, okay, do you understand what happened? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I do. Why am I here? Yep. Okay. We're going to do this and that, and then take them to the next stage, which is the, the active therapies. So yeah, look, I, I guess the driver for me, the next thing that's driving the foot outside of the solio gastro complex, which you again, we, we can't look at any of these in isolation, no. but is that range of movement? How much um, region does the foot move and, and what other bony structure or soft tissue structure is um, involved in reducing that movement? So we've got a lot of play in the, you know, the medial, um, navicular joint yeah okay, both sides so there's a lot of play there naturally mm -hmm. and then you look at the the dorsiflexion of the the first mm -hmm. um it sometimes is a bit restricted you yeah. could think along the lines well that one's restricted and that one's a lot got a lot more movement what the body's trying to do is create homeostasis it's trying yeah. to create a balance yeah. to the whole system and so your mechanism of injury mm -hmm. if you're thinking along those lines all the time then ergo goes straight into your orthotic therapy if that's what you choose. Um, you can understand what you need to do mm. in an orthotic sense if you understand the mechanism of injury. And that's where it's money for jam because then the yeah. prescription is quite easy because it's driven by what you've understood as the, the, the patient's doing. Mm. Um, and there's multiple ways to do that. And, and, of course, the classic that I've always thought of is you know, you get that classic medial, you know, calcaneal inflammation uh, without inflammation, just pain when you poke it. Yep, they go through the roof. Yeah. What's the first thing people want to do to resist, resist the, the kind of medial movement of the calcaneus is, is stick a medial wedge. Yeah. <laughs> so you're yeah. putting more material right where it's sore. Yeah. You see, <laughs> see I've, I've read this and I've heard this extensively, but I, I don't know to what extent I've found it clinically. 
And I know I say to people, I say, oh, avoid using a Kirby Sky if they've got pain on palpation of like the medial tubercle. Mm. But then when I think about it, I've done that and it's mm. helped That's symptoms, right. even, even though I know I tell people That's right. that you're trying to buy. So I think it's, it's one of those things with that is perceived with caution because it could work well. Well, what I'm a big off. fan of, and I'm a big fan of it all over, is control. Who's controlling yeah. where that scythe goes? Mm. If, if I don't want it any more anterior to a certain an, anatomical position, draw it on the foot and yeah. take a stand on yeah. it and say, do not go past this zone or <laughs> please go and do it this shape. Instead mm. of just put a curvy sky where you normally curve it and it, we, we, we don't know. Um, there's multiple options. One, a, 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 a lab that I've, uh, well, that I do, I like to design my own devices, but a, in conjunction with or in as an alternative to a medial scythe, I've played around with the, the captured curve that I capture at the back of the foot in a semi-non-white yes. bearing or non-white bearing sense. Mm. Um, what I can do in the design is change the percentage of, of fill, okay? And to, to in the basic sense, fill, when you say, mm. please add more, it means that you're going to reduce the height of the orthotic. Okay, we can talk about that one in another podcast until the cows mm. come home. But a fill is a word coming back from our older technology where the, the lab technicians would get plaster and fill more in. Yeah. And then that curve would then get bigger. Okay, mm. if you then press something on it, that mm. means that the orthotic is then lower and wider in a, in a visual sense. But again, so back to the, the kind of trying to contain the heel, if I know where the the discomfort is, instead of putting a straight edge there, I can say, well, on the medial side of this fill, don't fill any in. But on the lateral side, fill in, you know, an extra 5, 10, 15%. Oh, okay. okay. So you're, you're shifting the shape of the heel to one mm -hmm. side. So innately, you're creating more support on the medial side, but you're still capturing the shape of the heel, which then oh, contains okay. it, maintains your, your uh, soft tissue spread. Mm. Okay, yes. and that's that's something that I, I really kind of I think there's loads more that we could look into that, but it's the if we get a true to cast foot mm. and we just contact the foot all the way through, that mm. in itself is distributing pressure. Okay. Yeah. So, I must admit, actually, I've, I have had a lot of successes, especially with older patients where you, that fat pad, when you see them stood yeah. on a flat surface, you can almost see it just yeah. spreading out slightly to put them yeah. in a, a nice, well fitting. Yep. heel cut with a higher size to that's right acknowledge probably... the, the the collagen fibers in the, yeah. the soft tissue is, is it's naturally aged and moves around mm. a bit more and you can see it in younger people as well but it's just every person's different so the different mm. collagen makeup may occur in the heel and if you've got a movement there more yes. often than not you don't need bells and whistles you just yeah. need a true to fit orthotic which is kind of you know my pet peeve in a sense of when i look mm. at what what can go on in a technology mm. sense is we smooth it out and create an, an average approximated shape. Mm. That's fine if we know about it. But if I've got heel pain and I say, I want an exact shape to this foot and please yeah. capture it, is the software that's generating the the, the file, mm. is that doing what we think it is? And and not to get boring or too technical, but more often than not, it's not. Okay, Do you ever get too, too technical, Stuart? Ah. <laughs> I have to ask my lovely wife. Get back <laughs> to the hill yeah. <laughs> yeah, so look, in regards to orthotic shape, try and, try and for me, in an orthotic, when we're, we're, we've decided on orthotics and orthoses are the right things for that patient, longer term. Mm. 
again, my initial thinking at the start of this conversation was uh, or, or um, plantar fasciosis, osis kind of longer term. And I would say ISIS tends to turn into osis in time, yes. low grade ISIS. But, and so those longer term conditions, if it's not managed, and if you want to stop it happening again, okay, you're on hard surfaces, how do we manage that? Well, you need some type of assistance to your foot. The same as you put a pair of glasses on to read. You, mm. you put a pair of insoles in your shoe to go to work. I'll tell you what, thinking on that as well, because certainly, I mean, I've, I've treated a lot of policemen, firemen, you know, the safety uh-huh. boot wearers, dock uh-huh. workers, and you know. Um, and a lot of the time they've got the safety boots, which are brilliant in case they're in a fire or, you know, still good, it gets yeah. dropped on their foot. But when yeah. it comes to preventing or good foot health, they're, they're not the best shoes. No. No. Fine if you want to raid, you know, invade the Middle East, but not, yeah. not, not <laughs> great if you've got, you know, plantar heel pain. Well, um, can you get chronic chronic problems when you're invading somewhere else? I, I guess you've got to dodge those <laughs> <laughs> magical things that are fired at you. But <laughs> oh, dear. Anyway, um, sorry. No, no, what I was going to say there is you can get caught up. Well, not caught up, but you, you can rationally think about putting shock attenuating materials in the bottom yes. there. And I think a point I'd make there, and this is where your material knowledge really comes into play, because yes. there are, I mean, you feel, a, 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 I don't know, an array of materials, and they all yeah. feel soft and squidgy. Yeah. Now, some of them will compact down, and that'll be it. Some of them mm-hmm. will have more um, more rebound, mm-hmm. and some of them squash a bit, and they're comfortable, and they, you mm-hmm. know, disperse pressure and all, or, you know. Ooh, what, they know, feel good. Yeah. Um, but I, I remember chatting to a podiatrist once, and I think it was one of the poor ones. Mm-hmm. might be poor on xrd which is a brilliant product mm-hmm. if it's good used range. Very in, good range. in, in yeah. the right setting and i remember what he said was he said i never use it for certain types of heel pain especially in elderly patients he said because yes it attenuates shock brilliantly mm. but it's got no rebound uh-huh. so the heel hits the floor yeah. they haven't got much range of motion in their ankle joint anyway because they've got osteoarthritic changes because uh-huh. they're older yeah. and then they can't propel forward ah so they're pushing they're, off a yes yeah, there's no pushing, pushing off yeah. so i mean if you've got a I don't know, maybe a marathon run or something. That would mm. be an excellent material, perhaps, mm. depending on mm. what else is going on. Um, and then what he said is he much prefers to use Af- um, Astra Shock, rather, uh-huh. because that's got more rebound. So yep. you feel both of them. They feel the same. They've both got excellent shock attenuating properties when put under testing. Mm. But actually, one rebounds more than the other. Mm. That's right. So if you've got someone who's, especially, again, elderly patients, where no amount of stretching to the gastrocelius is yeah. going to give them any yeah. more range of motion because they've got osteoarthritic changes, mm. If you if they if the hill hits the ground and it absorbs everything and they've got nothing then to propel forward, yeah, yeah, that's then right. you're going to create more problems elsewhere. So There's it's, no re- it's not recall. just a yeah. case of shoving a squishy material to give them yeah. more shock absorption. There's a reason we charge what we do. Uh, well, know? yeah, <laughs> in a in a in a sense, yeah. Look, it's super uh, not complicated. It's doable. I think you go with what you work. I I. Yeah again look longer term at the patient are they engaged to come back and see me and that's why i'm mm-hmm. a happy jolly chap because they do how you going mm-hmm. how's the kids started oh your foot's still sore let's let's renew mm-hmm. this device or whatever it is that we do um that type of patient fine but if it's the type that you know that just aren't going to come back and they want the solution and move on it may be that um you know we we can't have a material that we can renew often yeah so, oh look, that sounds like our little alarms going off. How, how do, you, <laughs> do 
you know what? I think everyone can empathise with me on the um, on the working from home at the moment. That's uh, <laughs> that's a little voice saying I've finished. I'm I'm ready now. How about you? <laughs> yeah, and that's not a Lego. She's finished. <laughs> <laughs> oh look again i think we've said enough of what we need to say uh just as surmise we're, we're looking when you look at your clinical um way that you look at things the way i look at it is go through what do you want to immobilize what passive therapies mm. are you going to choose what um active therapies can mm. the patient suffer with is orthosis the right for this mechanism of injury yeah. And then the world is your oyster when it comes to what you want to do and what the patient will tolerate. Um, so for me, it's just heel pain summarizes really quite nicely and, and quickly the whole gambit that we do for most every condition that we see. And orthoses at the, at the tail end of it is a relatively simple process because all it's trying to do is reckon, recognize what you understand as the mechanism mm. that's causing this problem and create a device to suit it. And of course the skills to capture the foot in the correct position <laughs> yeah absolutely yeah all right well we'll see you next week i i, I well the week after who knows i think it's christmas around the next it, week. it is christmas next week isn't it so we'll, we'll, we'll see how we feel next week we might want to mind you no one now i don't know you you swedes have got it a bit a bit lighter over there haven't we, we might be <laughs> oh, in full lockdown again by then i wouldn't say that <laughs> no we're in full lockdown we're just not wearing masks <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> incredible times but look uh, the good thing about that is we get a chance to catch up on our podcasts yes yes this is true yes all right well good and also i'll just say quickly um people are watching it then please do comment underneath uh, yes. if you've got any ideas anything we've missed anything i mean please disagree with us as well we're yeah. only giving our opinions of, yeah, yeah. you know how, how we've worked over the years this isn't hard and fast this is how you have to work this is how you have to prescribe we just we just have a chat and we don't always agree with ourselves. No, so we, not at all. And we never well, agree with Ian. That's why we don't let him on. <laughs> Who's Ian? <laughs> all right. Good to talk. We'll cool. see you all soon. Bye. Catch you later. Bye. Yeah. Bye.